dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going shake 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 it was just, i i i loved it i don't know man i love that i w- i had it in audio but man i i just it was adorable dude i put uh there's a like a discord community that i'm in and i just went in because i finished the game this afternoon and i went in and i said hey i finished mischief makers today and just like nine different people all just responded with shake 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 just like it was like a <laughs> when everybody comes together on a reddit thread to like sing the next line of a song like through replies yep. just shake 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 go all the way down. shake shake <laughs> kind of completely disrupted the conversation that was going on at the time but i'm you know i'm okay so, with it so to go to go tangent time already um I, at work, this was years ago. I walked into uh, um, into the break room, and I was wearing a shirt that said "Lawful Good," and the person said "D and D," and I said "Yes," and they and I said "Which edition?" and they said three point five, and I was like, "There we go." And then and then we sat down and talked about it, right? But <laughs> that's the thing is that you know there were a couple of locked doors of references that you know it's a it's it's a nerd secret handshake right you know is when somebody says oh i play D and somebody says which edition and if they go i i, I don't know it's like then you didn't really play D. Like, you might have played it once you know you were in you, the room while your college roommates were playing right so yeah so if somebody said oh i played mischief makers and you're like shake shake like, what are you okay so then you didn't <laughs> how did you even get past the first level if you don't get that reference yeah or, or but, but I mean, that's the thing is it's, it's great litmus test, but yeah, shake, yeah. shake, shake, shake. Um, we played mischief makers, uh, Nintendo 64, uh, which already, if you know anything about the Nintendo 64, that also gives you a lot of idea about how some of the sections like graphics is going to go, um, came out October, 1997, which is, it's funny to me, right? Cause you were an N64 kid as a PlayStation mm-hmm. kid. And so when I see 1990, like the fall of 1997, my brain goes Final Fantasy seven. Right. But somewhere right now, there's somebody my age who sees fall of 1997 and goes mischief makers. And it's just yeah. like, huh? Right. Not because their <laughs> life experience is like better, or worse than mine. But obviously, like my fandom won out, like Final Fantasy is a much better known series. Um, a, a little bit. Yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so here is. um Here's my my summary for this game. Uh, You play a robot made the ultra intergalactic Cybot G Marina Lightyears. That's her full title, I guess, name and title. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you have to save your creator, Professor Theo, uh, who's been kidnapped by brainwashed. Have you been saying Clancers or Clankers? Clancers. Clancers? Yeah. Okay. I don't know because they look like little robot people. I just I want to say Clancers. They're from they're, they're from the planet Clancer. I know, but it I know there's <laughs> no reason for it to be a hard C, but I just I I guarantee you're right. I just okay, I'll try to say Clancers. Clancers. <laughs> and uh you do this primarily through platforming like traditional 2D platforming um and the aforementioned shake shaking. Uh this game looks and has the story of what you might call budget anime right it kind of looks and 
has the narrative it's, of like a, a budget anime. Um, it's, it's Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. I'll we'll talk about that when we get to visuals. I have thoughts yeah. about that. Um, but there there's a very uh like a lot of assumptions that a person might make about like an off-brand 1980s anime. Those some of those stereotypes apply here. Mm-hmm. That that gives you an idea of what we what this taste is like. Yes, yes. Uh agreed. So my nostalgia experience for this is I I don't have one. I don't think you do either. Um because it's a it's an N64 game. What what actually cued me to play this was I was watching a a video of like old games that surprisingly they have really interesting mechanics that are surprisingly good. And I was like, "Oh, you know, cuz a lot of times when we're sitting down to pick what our next game is, you know, we don't we don't want to just do do the top 10 hits of, you know, <laughs> Mega Man, Super Mario and Zelda and then just, you know, burn it all out and in the first year. The show. Yeah, and be be done, you know. So sometimes we're looking for for some of these these weird interesting edge ones and ones that don't make us immediately want to claw our eyes out, you know. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, this is actually a, a probably a good list to look at some games that have um some to do something interesting, you know." Uh, which is kind of what we're here for. So, yeah. So, no, I don't. I don't have a nostalgia experience for this one, but uh, I, I have a new nostalgia experience almost. <laughs> <laughs> My experience of this game was uh, Brian had this game, and really, I, yeah. And I didn't play it, or I didn't play it much because I don't have like any real memories of playing it. But I have been exposed to it, and it's famously weird. This is one of those games where like. The visuals are are fairly striking and specific. The the little sh- like shake shake audio cue is you know fairly striking and specific. So even just knowing this game by reputation, I have picked out references to this in other media where I'm like, oh, hmm. that's that's Mischief Makers because it's just famously weird. Also, everything is covered in screaming faces, which again we will get to right. But like that's the kind of thing that once you know. Oh, the screaming demon faces. That's from Mischief Makers, like the yep. Shake Shake. Then anytime you see that, you're like, oh, Mischief Makers. So that's my nostalgia experience is I have now finally played the game that like has been living rent-free in a small studio apartment <laughs> in the back of my mind for a while. And so when you were like, Oh, hey, I you know found this list of games, like here are some interesting options for us. I was like, Mischief Makers. Like I because then I can say I played it. Right. Like yep. it's it's already got a spot in my mind from when I was a kid, but now I'll be able to say I played it. So that was yeah. my, my nostalgia experience is only sl- slightly more <laughs> more well informed than yours. Not much. But now it won't be living rent free. It'll start paying rent. Exactly. And that's all I ask. for. Right. Yeah. There's a limited exactly. amount of space up there. You can have some of it. I just need you to contribute. Uh, time to show. It's always time to show. So before we get too far in this, um, you know, we, we always do like the names thing, right? I just, mm-hmm. before we get, I just feel the need to remind everyone that the names are whatever I feel like doing <laughs> in that particular cross section of time. And that, and that it's an extra thing, right? Like it's an extra thing that, that we do for free. And sometimes it's for the people and sometimes it's for me. I, I so feel like this may be level setting that we should, we, <laughs> we should all be bracing for. <laughs> No, just, I'm just saying that this this one's for me. Okay. This is, okay. yeah. So the things we need to first do are tell people if they like what we're doing and they want to uh, support us, uh, subscribing to the show is an easy one. 
Uh, leaving a rating and review is an important one. Uh, and just honestly, word of mouth, right? Tell people, hey, I like this thing. You should go check out this thing because you too will also like this thing because that's that's the number one way to get people uh, listening. If you want to go crazy and actually give us money to help us keep doing what we're doing, um, actually, <laughs> I found out playing this game that my nice red N64 controller is broken and needs to be replaced. So if you want to help me buy a new controller, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Patronize our Patreon. Pa- yep. We've Patreonate our Patreon. Petropities. Petropities. That's always all roads lead to uppities. Like, uppities. <laughs> yes. All plurals. <laughs> Um, everybody who, uh, subscribes to the Patreon gets the after show. I'm going to keep saying subscribes, but it's wrong. It's yeah. got, it's got to yeah. be Patropities. Yeah. Everybody, anyone who Patropities are, Oh God. I mean, we <laughs> TM, <laughs> if you give us money, uh, you get the after show, um, all levels get the after show. Uh, and then if you go above and beyond to some of the crazy levels, you can get stuff like, uh, free stickers or the really crazy levels. You can get your name shouted out on the show. So if you want to be one of those people, we will thank you like our 8-bit classics, John. Who knows not to suffer the lame horse or the broken man. Kevin. Squirming, contorting, and ever-expanding. This person must be unmade. Yarno. Who, in time, will come to know the tragic extent of my failings. And Jason. (laughs) With their wild eyes, slumped shoulders, and stumbling gait. This one is of no more use to us. Our 16-bit heroes, Jacob, knows that slowly, gently, this is how a life is taken. And Michael, knows prodigious slides alone does not dissuade the sharpened blade. And our full 3D supporter, David, a man in a robe claiming communion with the divine madness. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Did you back Darkest Dungeon 2 on its Kickstarter? (laughs) Have you... Just sent them money with a handwritten note that says, send it to me when it's ready. <laughs> no, I just sent them money with a handwritten note that said, have this, please make this. I'll buy it. I will later buy it. Just here is a free donation. <laughs> I have fallen. I was going to say. The second one's this year, right? It's in like early access now. It's, it's in early access presently. It's been yeah. such since October. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No, very excited for that to come out. Have deeply fallen back down the, uh, the rabbit hole of that game. And uh, yeah. And 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 I am certainly going to mention some of my adventures in the after show if you all want to hear about that. I cannot stress enough how different the tone of Mischief Makers is <laughs> from the tone of that Patreon read. Like, yep, yep. just war, you know, put a fence around that in your mind. That is a different part of the show. That was just for George. That was just for George. Yeah, because because honestly, for for Mischief Makers, there's there's so many different. You know, th- there's a bunch of different characters kind of but i was like i don't know they, could, they also do a lot of portmanteaus that have clan in them like the clan's yeah, so ball just, and the clan's pot yeah and i was like i was like oh man i could sit there and do that but as i was sitting there listening it literally on my way home queued up and listened to all of the things the ancestor says and just <laughs> taking great delight in in the way in which he speaks i was like you know what i i i want to i want to do this yeah no that's fair and and you know but, what you're it, you're the one who dreamed up and committed to the bit so so, sometimes (laughs) you got to do one for you yeah that one was for me the sailor moon was one was for me you know just (laughs) once in a while it's for me (laughs) i like that one that was a good one too all right all right let's do the visuals visuals it is uh i don't love n64 graphics dude like i'm just (laughs) 
I know, like it's very it's very in vogue to be like, oh, as a PlayStation kid, the PlayStation also had crappy graphics sometimes. My problem is I don't love the way the N64 handled polygons laid over JPEGs in a lot of games. Sometimes it looks okay, right? Like Final Fantasy VII did this and it looked okay some of the time, but some of the times it looked like utter crap. So it's not like, not like oh, the PlayStation did it well. This game gets by a lot on the art direction for me, mm-hmm. but I don't actually like if you, if you, well, you can't pause and look at the graphics, but if you look at a screenshot, um, it it's, things are very janky. There's a lot of rough edges. They do a lot of, um, billboarding to do certain things that you're, cause it's, it's a 2.5 D game. So you only ever see things from one angle. And so a lot of times they'll just billboard like a, a particle effect. So it's a drawing of a particle effect. And it's just, I don't know, man, like it, I don't think the graphics are anything to write home about. The art direction is very interesting, but the, the graphics themselves are just mostly like, yeah, okay. It looks like an N64 yeah. game. No, I, I, I get it. You miss your hoof hands and, and, you know, I understand that. <laughs> hoof hands for life. <laughs> no, I, but no, I would agree with that. Is that, and, and my note is, True, true 3D sprites in a time when that was all the rage, you know, because they were like, "Hey, we can, we can do true 3D, so let's do it all the time," you know, and and yeah, it was it was new and interesting at the time. But honestly, should would this game be made today? They would have just done 2D sprites, you know. There's there's no reason why not to. The the to your point, I agree with you. I think that the art direction really carries this game, and why 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 are they true 3d sprites you don't need that it doesn't add anything to the game you know um so yeah i i don't again the the that is a choice that they made that absolutely has been borne out to be the wrong choice um and in in their defense here's mm -hmm. a very specific example of they could not have known how poorly this would age so professor theo that is your creator, the the MacGuffin you're trying to rescue for the whole game. And you actually do rescue him like four different times and he keeps getting re-kidnapped. Um, he is a big, like, fat old man stereotype. Like, he's got a big round head. He's wearing a bandana, so his head is almost like perfectly circular. He has a big round body. He's often shown sitting or tied up, so he's like, he looks almost like a snowman, right? He's like a big ball with like a smaller ball on top. and the shading on his polygons is like big flat rows of pixels, which I think the term for that is banding when it's like, there's no form shown by the pixels. Like there's just a line of pixels and then a line of slightly lighter or darker and then slightly lighter or darker. And so you end up with these like very defined stripes and because he is shaped like a ball, you can really see these stripes like going up and down his his body or, or on his head. Here's the thing, though. That decision was made at a time when this game would have been being played on a CRT. So everything would have had a slight blurring to it, right? But we are playing this on modern screens. And so everything looks super crisp, much to the detriment of the art direction <laughs> choices in this game, right? So like. I don't I don't like this art style particularly well, period, but it aged even worse for reasons that are not their fault and that they could not have foreseen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that that's the thing is that this 
this is you know the the era where where this became a thing that could be done and thus everyone did it which is why i think in part it is you know because we've kind of discussed this a little bit and this is a little tangential but you know we were saying like oh well you know we may we'll probably eventually get to the point where we can do playstation 2 games but then when we said oh but what about like playstation 3 eventually if we keep this up forever we would get to playstation 3 and playstation 4 games and we were discussing it and kind of saying that that will become increasingly disinteresting because we will start to leave the era where some of these paths were forged Mm -hmm. and we will no longer be walking the oregon trail we will just be driving to oregon (laughs) you know and and that's not as interesting right yeah so that'll be that'll be a different show right like we, (laughs) we could do that there are lots of great games to review but not like this Right. So, I mean, that's the thing is that I don't definitely don't think that, you know, there have been times where we've been critiquing a game where I was like, why? Why did they do this? But this one, I'm like, I understand why they did it. I just it was retroactively the wrong decision. I will say that the character model for Dr. Theo does 100 percent say when this game was made, because he he looks like a uh, uh, Hell's Angel biker with a lab <laughs> yeah. coat. Yeah, you know, yeah, he does. It's he's, like, he's he's Master Roshi, got the, <laughs> the the white, the long white mustache, long white beard, but in like Hell's Angel cosplay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing is that they were like, oh, well, what if he was a scientist? But you know, cool. And it's like, I it again slightly tangential. I blew a kid's mind one time because I was just hiking, and he he started hiking with me, and then he said, you know, why do you have that sword? I'm like, oh, I'm going into the woods to to do kung fu, and he was like, you know kung fu, and I said, yeah. He's like, man, I wish my teacher knew Kung Fu. I was like, how do you know they don't? He was like, what? (laughs) I say that to say that this is like, (laughs) this is the era where they were experimenting with like, you know, a scientist doesn't have to be just a scientist. What if they had like other things they could do? And then it's like, what what if scientists were just people? Um, Anyways, I I say that to say they're not and they never can be. No, no, they're 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 they do one thing and that is science. (laughs) Um, So. Speaking of uh, uh, weird little things that this uh, th- this game does, is um, th- I just kind of noticed this, and I, I just wanted to mention it. Is um, when you when you kill bad guys, uh, you see their ghosts flying up. Yeah, and in one of the later levels, you have to go around and collect their ghosts in a pot. Oh, that's that, that's <laughs> even more. So, I <laughs> the reason why I mention that is because I'm like it, it. It does show that there was a lot of care put into this game but again you know like so every, like the, the 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 polygons were very lovingly crafted was that the right idea i don't know um you know they did put thought into the fact that the clan Surians are you know living creatures that have <laughs> with, souls, with souls. That, that, that leave their bodies when you murder them uh but yeah, I thought that was a, a an interesting choice because we've talked about on the show how <laughs> some games, you know, that are more animated and things like that try to shy away from violence. For example, Ah Real Monsters, where they run away, or um, the uh, Disney game where you magic them into something else. You oh know? yeah, they, they poof. Yeah. Yeah. In, in this one, it would have been so easy to say you were knocking them unconscious, but they went out of their way to say you are murdering these people, which in a game that has the the very animated theming, I thought was a weird choice. Yeah, the the whole like I I don't want to say too much about this because I will almost before I even get to the end of the sentence be out of my depth, but <laughs> this game is very Japanese and there's a lot of stuff going on in this game that I suspect 
is weirder to us than it would be to a Japanese audience. So, for example, the, you know, uh, Professor Theo, the bandana he's wearing is, we associate that with bikers, but that's a very old fashioned Japanese thing to do, right? Like Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm, I'm hard at work. But the fact that he's, he wears like, um, half finger gloves, like a mechanic Mm -hmm. would wear, right? So it's like, they're obviously trying to make him look like a man who knows how to like work with machines because he built Marina, but then that bandana, I, I, I suspect reads very differently because I thought the same thing as you, right? And it wasn't until you actually said it out loud that I was like, oh, no, wait. But like they do that all the time in Japan. But the thing is, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in the seriousness of this world. Like everything is super melodramatic, right? But then uh, when you talk about the the, the clancers, the people, um, do you remember the big yellow guy from I think it's Mega Man one or two? He's like a giant blob with arms. He he looks he looks like a big muscular man without a head, right? So he's got a humanoid shape, but there's no head on top, right? His eye is like in yeah. the middle of his chest. Um, yeah. The, the Clancers are kind of shaped like that, right? Their their face is like in the middle of their chest. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something we don't often have to do on the show. Go look up a picture of these things because yeah. no matter how much time we spend describing them. You're not quite going to get it. They have these sad jack-o'-lantern eyes and mouth that Scream is just mask. The, the mask from Scream. They look like the mask from Scream. They look like the mask from Scream and the eyes are glowing red from deep yeah. within. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Yep. But here's the thing. Um, <laughs> their whole world is like made out of these faces. So. There are trees that are made out of blocks that have these face, not the face, these faces all over them, right? Their houses are made out of blocks that have these faces all over them. They're tombstones that you have to shatter later in the level where you catch them. The, the bombs, uh, the, the, the platform things, the, the floating balls that you like grab onto that you do a lot of the platforming challenges with, like this face is everywhere. Some of the screenshots I have in front of me right now, there are easily two dozen of this face on screen in any of these individual screenshots. It's unreal. And all I can think is this must've made sense to someone, right? Like, I don't know why they did this. (laughs) It's certainly very striking. It is impossible to see a screenshot from this game and to not know what game it is, right? Like if, if you have ever seen this, you will now forever know the the face from scream with the eyes glowing red and the mouth in perpetual panic is how these people look all the time that's not a yep. face that they make this is how they and their world look all the time I, imagine if you were to play um if you were to play minecraft but every single block had the mask from scream on it you know like mm-hmm. if they sold that skin or made that mod, that, that would literally be the mischief makers mod. That's all they'd have to do is just spray that, paint. That might be a thing. <laughs> Minecraft's very popular, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, but anyways, yeah. And 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 to your point, right, is that I, I don't it. So as far as evaluating the decision in and of itself, it was a decision. I don't think that it in any way breaks the game or breaks the experience. 
it it does make the experience singular and very memorable which is what if that was what they're trying to do then great you know um if i had to guess is that they were like hey you know we're gonna basically use all of these nondescript blocks to uh to to represent everything and somebody's like that that looks boring and they said well like i can put this weird face on it you know that and then somebody said chip it um <laughs> yeah i don't yes I don't know, but greg it, we'll put the face on everything and then just nobody checked on him until it was time <laughs> to ship the game they shipped the game and and the person was like oh what'd you end up doing for the textures you said put the face on everything i i was being sorry oh my god you did that yeah um one of the things though, that the game does that again i think shows that it, i don't know what this game's budget was my guess is that it was not a huge budget game so I, you know i can't verify this because that would be research but on the the wikipedia because i always put a link to the wikipedia article for the game in case you're listening to this episode and you've somehow never heard of the game um it says the whole team is 12 people right okay so and, yeah so and that, by this point in history that is not yeah. a big team no so that that makes sense right because a lot of the decisions that seem to be made seem to be made to by a group of people that really, really cared, but did not have a whole lot of time or money, right? So, so again, when you say, okay, well, we, we've got to do something to make this game enjoyable or memorable, just just put that face on everything. It's like, all right, that that is a that is a unique style. We've got that. Move on. Uh, one of the other things that they did is that that I think was is that everything in the foreground basically is a block with that shape in it. it is some basic geometric shape with that face on it right which i mean once you've got that they just all they had to do was just build the levels and and focus on gameplay not on art direction so how do they make everything not seem 100 percent samey they just throw a different background on there that's it Mm -hmm. you know so you progress through these levels that all have seemingly a different feel to them you know um you know like there's the lava level but what's really different about the lava level well i mean the background's different you know what's really different about the plains or the desert you know i mean like it's just the, the background's a desert so it feels like a desert but everything else is mechanically very much the same so there seem to be a lot of in my opinion clever decisions that were made in order to give the game a lot of uniqueness and difference in feel and difference in kind, which we'll get into in, in mechanics, um, while not spending a lot of money on it. Yeah, it it's like a those th- they optimize for choices that had like maximum returns, right? Yeah, because some of these choices I would not say are, are great choices, right? Like the terrifying faces on everything. I don't know if I can defend that as a good choice, right? It's it's certainly memorable. It certainly gets the job done. Um, the the background textures looking like normal is a there's like a little bit of dissonance there right because like in the first level you're in like their city town thing so all the buildings are made out of terrifying face blocks but in the background you can see trees and hills and stuff and like everything back there looks normal right when you're in the cave it looks like a cave and when you're on like the the bad guys ship the emperor's ship in the the last world is like it just looks like a normal ship, except there's also these face blocks all over it, like, but only the parts you interact with, because uh, very notably, this game is is 2.5D, right? So N64, you kind of expect like, oh, it's going to be a 3D game, but it's not. It's it's too, This game could, minus the polygons, but I mean, this game could have absolutely been made for the Super Nintendo. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it is a side-scrolling platformer. It's not very long, right? So it's even, even if they tried to shove some Donkey Kong Country-style polygons in there, like, it's just not technologically all of that complex. 
but uh, like <laughs> it's just it's so hard to these some of these decisions are so weird that every time I start to critique them, there's that little part of me that's like trying to be a good critic who's like, but if you just don't get it, like, but <laughs> but I. But I can't look it up. I have to take this game at face value. Nah, man, maybe you just don't get it. Maybe there's uh-huh. a whole Japanese art style that if you were a cool insider, you'd know all about. And I'm like, ah, maybe, <laughs> but I can't take any of that into account. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the thing is because people, people don't come here to, to listen to, to an educated person's opinion. They come here to listen to yours. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I, I will say that, uh, I, and I don't think you've ever watched any of the show um, Big Mouth. Uh, weird show. But when- yeah, I'm, I'm aware of it because it also has an exceptionally uncomfortable art style. Yes, it does. But uh, one of the things that they say a lot is, um, the, is that true? And it's like, hey, you're thinking about it. We're talking about it. So, you know, it's it, it that, that's kind of what a lot of this makes me think of. It's like, I don't know if this is good. It's like, hey, we're thinking you're thinking about it. We're talking about it. You know, so again, and with a team of 12 people, I think that the you know what it was is that this this was the you know the the other option would have just to have made another forgettable platformer you know so i think that they they opted for memorable totally and (laughs) and it's it's memorable um the uh a couple other just uh uh minor points one thing that they do that i always like it when a game does this which is that uh you know when people are talking they give you a little uh um portrait of that person and that's very emotive which i think is uh always nice very helpful and kind of helps helps make this this weird you know spray painted on face of uh of whatever her name is um marina marina um i was trying to remember her whole name i was like there's no way oh Uh, it is um, i had to write it down it is the ultra intergalactic cybot g marina light years and the hyphens in there are not where you would expect. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so just, you know, because, I mean, her face is just spray painted on the sprite, you know, like a like a Barbie. Um, but uh, but, you know, so seeing her emote, uh, you know, it, I, I always like when they do that. That's pretty helpful. Well, um, and, and I think those portraits are or at least for me, were where the like supermarket brand Capcom characters kind of got driven home because there's like the three big bads that you have to deal with over the course of the game. And then the emperor and the three big bads are, um, like animals wearing mech suits. So they kind of look like Mavericks from Mega Man X that just didn't get fully converted into robots. (laughs) Like they're, they're like Mega Man bodies, including like, the bulky, you know, cylinder arms and cylinder legs, and then the, uh, like animal head sticking out. So they're, I mean, they're supposed to be wearing armor, I assume, but they look like, they look like Mavericks that are just still, I don't know, taxidermied Mavericks. It's weird, <laughs> but the, the style, cause every, every time there's like a, not really a loading screen, but when it switches from like level to level, like, so you finish level and it's taking you back to like the map thing. Um, it does this like tiling effect uh, is like a screen wipe. And that, that tiling effect has all of the different main characters portraits and several of their different like emotes. And I agree with you artistically, they're actually really good. Um, actually like the, uh, the art style and the kind of character design there quite a bit. What I thought 
was frustrating to these artists is I couldn't stop thinking this looks like they're aping Mega Man characters. This looks like they're aping Mega Man characters. Cause that's like, that's mean, right? It's just like, I'm, I'm, and even if this person was inspired by them, it's still, and they obviously were, if you look at Marina's design, like they super obviously were, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if Capcom also didn't invent that. They just got famous for it. Right. Because mm-hmm. Japan has been doing big robot anime for, and big robot movies for decades, decades and decades and decades. So like, is Mega Man the progenitor of that style? Probably not, but it's definitely the most famous. It's uh, it, it's like you know, clones are are sixty percent of all sci-fi. Beth, you don't get to own clones, you know. Like yes, exactly. Like, like robots are fifty percent of all anime. You know, you don't just get to own robots, Catcom. But uh, yeah, no, uh, qu- quite possibly. But you know, also too, around this time. I'm trying I'm trying to think but around this time in history if anything the most recent Mega Man game we would have gotten would have been Mega Man X6 or whatever X5 yeah you know yeah 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 there so, there are Mega Man X games that were contemporaries of this for sure right so you know I wouldn't surprise me if they said hey what if Mega Man but good again you know <laughs> <laughs> Because this would have been like during its precipitous fall, and I mean, and, and people have been trying to recapture that Mega Man magic for quite some time. So, uh, you know, I still I played. Was it nine? Was the first mm-hmm. revival one, and then mm-hmm. ten is the new one. I haven't played ten, but I played w- nine. Yeah, w- what's the one that has the time control mechanic? Nine. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Well, whichever one that one is, I have not played that one. Okay. There, there's one that looks like the NES games like down even they they built in screen flicker to make it feel like a NES game i have that one i played a little bit of that one i did not play the as of the time of this recording the newest one that is like side scrolling 2d but it's 3d models and it's all like modern looking yeah um so i i now have to 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 pull up. i'm i'm trying to look it up as we're talking and <laughs> i'm not having the uh results that i would like to okay, easily on. on the yeah, thing we'll do we'll do some quick live research here yeah yeah. yeah. but anyways uh, i say that yeah because oh, i'm like i 11? might have to reset maybe it's 11 it might be because oh, 10 dude, it's, came... it's 11 wow. so 9 and 10 are in the classic like oh you know you know looking style 11 is the one with the the gears yeah, eleven's the one with the gear system. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, because I was, I was like, man, it's saying Mega Man Ten came out in two thousand eight. Like, that, <laughs> that can't be right. Um, anyways, uh, so all of this is true. Um, one of the other things about this game, though, is uh, uh, they they do a an interesting kind of moving in and out of with some of the 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 things you have to do. They do a lot of play with what's in the background versus in the foreground. Um. I felt that they did that pretty well in the sense that uh, I was never confused as to what was in the background versus in the foreground, which some games have absolutely done. Yeah. Um, Benefit of screaming faces on everything. Exactly. But, you know, when the screaming faces were in the foreground, they were way brighter than the other screaming faces. When they're in the background, they were darker and they were moving clearly back and forth or like the that lava monster that's in the background and fights at you and throws mm. their punches at you you know like i could tell oh he's in the background but his punches are coming into the foreground and I, all that kind of good stuff so thought that was pretty well done um yeah outside of that just some other throwaway notes that's kind of all i got 
Yeah. All I will say to wrap up um, visuals for this is, again, I don't think this is required for every game that we review. You, listener, go look at pictures of this game. We cannot possibly do the Screaming Faces justice. Just Google Mischief Makers N64 and switch to images and you will immediately understand what we are talking about if you have never seen this game before. Or if you yes. have, just as a refresher. <laughs> just, just, just so you know. Just so you know. Uh, audio? Dude, I really liked the music in this. I was surprised. Yeah, they, they, these are, I, I literally have my, my notice like, these are bangers, man. It's good music. Yes, and honestly, that, to me, more than the art style, puts it in the camp with Mega Man X, because Mega Man games have just banging music, dude. Capcom games in general tend to have banging music, like really good audio direction. So the fact that this game that was apparently made by less than a baker's dozen of people has absolutely solid music. I was like, all right, okay. Like, <laughs> rock on, team of yeah. people who could fit in a large minivan. <laughs> good use of baker's dozen, by the way. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, again, this is something that that to me... I find fascinating because with with my particular skill set and not really being great with audio in general is I'm like, you know, when I look at a game like this and they say, oh, well, we did it with 12 people. I'm like, well, I could see how a group that small could, uh, you know, get together and, 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 and come up with the game mechanics and the level design. Like, that makes sense because those things make sense to me. And yeah, I could see how, you know, you could have somebody who's pretty, particularly good at the art and, you know, they pulled together all the art direction. Yeah. But when you say, oh, there's 12 people, I'm like, do I... I could not pull 12 people together and we could then make any sort of music that sounded <laughs> like anything, you know, because and, and this is just just my own personal bias. But I, th- I would think like when, when you say, oh, a group of 12 people made this, I'm thinking, oh, I know 12 people. Could I pull together <laughs> Ocean's 12 and make a video game? And the answer is we could probably all get together and, you know, like with your skill set, you could probably, you know pull together the programming on how to actually get the stuff you know into the computer we could sit there and talk about level design and mechanics and all this sort of stuff but then when somebody said you can put any music to this i'd be like can we rip off something like, like what can we rip off music <laughs> yeah you know like but yeah so it it that blows my mind um we we kind of touched about on it but you know it's worth mentioning just again just shake 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 um so i actually have a note in here that some of the voice lines get very repetitive not that one like which is weird right <laughs> because it happens all the time but i found it joyful every single time i did it there were times when i did it and i didn't need to like i just you know so it's like oh, shake, shake. This. yeah because you shake, know shake. what it is and and this is probably gonna sound weird but like it sounds kind of like innocent in that genuine way where it's like she's not trying to hurt them she's just yeah just shake shake like she's not shake, shake. right because they drop money most of the time or health Right. So like you are incentivized to shake every person you come into contact with. And a lot of things you have to shake. So you're, you're, you're shake shaking all the damn time. And somehow it just from the first time to the last time, you're just like, Oh, Marina <laughs> shake, shake. Uh, but, and, and so I, it would not surprise me that if of the 12 people, one person, 100% of their time went into making that not sound annoying. Right. Like, <laughs> That would have been a good use of resources. It's like, was a, like, like a Stanley Kubrick, like making the voice actress just do like <laughs> hundreds of takes until they got it exactly right. Yeah. You know, because I, and again, you know, I, I, I'd say, you know, 
Somebody say, oh, how many people did we use to make this? 11. I mean, well, 12. We had the Shake Shake guy, but you know. <laughs> you uh, what? Th- you'll understand. You'll, you'll get it. Um, the one other thing that I'll say about the, uh, the audio here is, um, well, two things. One is absolutely there are sound effects that inform you as to what's going on because a lot of times when you shake shake something something happens off screen and it makes a noise to that effect which is hypercritical information because otherwise how would you know so uh, yeah there is zero visual information correct. conveyed exclusively through audio <laughs> yeah it does like this like you know sound so uh uh yeah so this is a game and and, and you know we've discussed this a number of times when, when we're playing like a game boy game or something like that where um we said well you know maybe it's meant to be played with the sound off you know um so perhaps one of the reasons why they put so much time and energy into the sound direction on this is because you you, you cannot play this game with the sound off reasonably because there are so many you, you to your point you can shake you can shake everything and there are many things you have to shake but some of those so there, there would be no way to say like ah i just shake the thing that means that a, a portal probably opened up somewhere off screen no they're, 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 that logic would not hold so yeah uh got, gotta have the sound on gotta be listening for the audio cues for when you shake a thing and it made a thing happen oh and during so there, there's bosses and then there's kind of like mini bosses which yeah are, they're sort of delivered in the same like single screen single le- like the whole level is the boss fight format but mm-hmm. One of the things that I think distinguishes bosses from mini bosses is one, the bosses are way harder, but two, the bosses have a part of them that you can grab and shake, shake and only at a specific time. And that does have a visual. It has like a big white reticle with the red arrows and the red arrows are super critical because sometimes you can only shake, shake in a certain direction. Right. And like that matters, but uh, (laughs) there's a, um, like a missile lock on like beep, beep, beep. And I found that noise to be uh mission critical in some of the later boss fights, because some of the later boss fights, the difficulty spike is insane. So you're like faffing about everything is fine. And then you get to these boss fights and like, I had a hard time. Maybe they're not that hard. I had a hard time, but being able to put my eyes on all of the other nonsense that was happening on screen and then just let my ears listen for the beep beep. And it's like, ah, beep beep. Now I can do the shake shake. Right. So like it's time to grab and shake, right? And or throw, or you know, it's all basically the same mechanic with different cardinal directions. But I I was surprised how absolutely necessary the weird it is kind of like a weird bubbly like noise when you <laughs> shake something and like a portal opens or a thing appears. Um that that noise and the the beep beep noise in boss fights are like you need them right you you could maybe <laughs> get by without the boss fight one but it'd be hard because there's other stuff that is visually holding your attention but the the a thing happened noise that is you need it right because the alternative is i hope you memorize the whole level go look for what changed right oh yeah no absolutely um so uh the the one other uh sound note that I have is um e- there's one other thing that she says a lot and and so this is it's fascinating to me right because there's a lot of games that we've played where they have very repetitive sound effects and it can get pretty grating none of the repetitive sound effects in this one got grating to me uh the other one that you do a lot of that is less memorable than shake shake is yeah you know mm, like yeah, the the throw it, yeah the throw when you're throwing 
something or basically ostensibly throwing yourself. Um, and the re- the reason why I realized that you make that noise a lot, and I I was just just letting it go, is um, uh, Megan said, "Are are you are you playing Legend of Zelda?" And, <laughs> and, and I was like, "No, why?" She's like, "It sounds like Link. He's just sitting, yeah, hut, hut, yeah." And I was I, like, "I just like that you are conditioned to forgive anything that is reminiscent of the Legend of Zelda." Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't even hear it, man, because I mean, you know, I've just heard. My brain has just said, "Yeah, you know, sometimes when you do stuff, players make that 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 noise." But yeah, no, it didn't. Didn't even ping on my radar. Uh, I don't. It, it's not as memorable as Shake Shake. It's it's more of a nothing. But did clearly didn't get annoying to me. I don't know if it did for you. It it that one didn't bother me. I did. I was more aware of it for a reason. We will probably talk about when we get to mechanics. But um, it it didn't bother me. I just noticed it more. Um, the the two things about the voice lines that did bother me, which they're they're not deal breakers. I was just kind of like, eh. Right, because the shake shake is so adorable and charming. Um, Professor Theo, Prof Theo, um, every time you rescue him, he thanks you by trying to, I guess, fondle you. He like yeah, a, creeps up behind thing. you, like Master Roshi style, right? Like kind of going up behind Chichi or Bulma. Um, and so Marina ain't having that. And so she like grabs him by the arm and like flips him kind of judo style, like over her hip, but she throws him a million billion miles and every time you do that and every time he gets kidnapped which is these two things happen back to back so you're hearing this voice line back to back is he goes save me marina and it's just like i have to help you because that's what the game has decided i want to do but actually i kind of hate you old man (laughs) you've already given me life our debt is paid like i i didn't ask to be created you created me and now you're being like a creepy lecher about it maybe i'll just let the clansers keep you right like i just so that that line got bothersome because the character was bothering me not because the line was delivered poorly now Mm -hmm. the mavericks their lines are delivered poorly. Holy crap, dude. And you deal with them so much more in the last world where like you're hearing them talk a lot more and they're, they're just, they're just not good. It's just bad acting, right? I'm not saying I could do better, but I'm not a professional actor. So like, it's just not great to hear like Phoenix Gamma in what sounds like this guy had no idea what the context for that line was. He doesn't know what character is saying that like they just handed him a spreadsheet with five lines on it and we're like record these lines and that's not the actor's fault but it does result in a poorly acted performance right because a a good actor can deliver a poor performance maybe these were all oscar winners i don't know but they're the delivered performance is not very good so you go into these like super tense boss fights and they're like and it's like oh i okay i guess i guess we're doing this and then because some of the boss fights are really hard there's this cognitive dissonance of like oh this is silly and then you get wrecked it's like oh this is not silly <laughs> oh oh wait it is in fact not <laughs> silly uh yeah no it, it i would be a little surprised if when we looked up the credits for the 12 people that made this game uh you know uh, bruce willis and you know to me more and and, and all of those yeah 
we're uh, we're we're all in there. And I, I'm just a little proud of myself for picking picking '90s relevant actors off the top of my head. You know, Helen Mirren is always relevant. She is. She, no, I'm just saying that we both did it, right? Oh, okay. You know, we didn't we didn't just you know kind of say Hannah Montana. It's like Hannah Montana that doesn't make any sense. Oh no! Now the commentary doesn't make any sense. We're gonna have to cut all of this. Oh no! <laughs> uh, uh, controls and mechanics. Yeah, I mean, there is actually a fair amount to say on just the controls, but I will get this out as quickly as I can so we can get to the more interesting mechanics. But I think it's worth saying that the people who made this didn't know what an N64 was or how it worked. So the N64 has a really stupid controller shaped like a W and it hates you and mm-hmm. you you hold it in this weird sideways way, except for this game, because they built this game like a Super Nintendo game. So you actually do all of the controls from the buttons on the right and the D-pad on the left. Mm-hmm. and. That partially impacted my experience at first as I learned that my favorite N64 controller is broken. <laughs> so at first I was like, God, this game handles so poorly and it's so awkward to be holding the controller in this way. So that's thankfully that all happened like very early on in the playthrough. But if you want to support our Patreon so I can afford to buy a new red N64 controller, that's there's links in the show notes for that. Um, but it, it's just weird to because I was an N64 kid, like to pick up the N64 controller and then hold it like a Super Nintendo controller and completely ignore the stick in the middle is just weird. Just weird. It's it's not bad. It's just it, that controller is so specific. So to essentially ignore the whole part of it that made it that controller is just weird. It's a weird choice. It's it's weird as faces on stuff. <laughs> well, I think that, uh, you know, the 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 kind of the idea i believe behind the nintendo controller is it was like you know what if we made a controller where you 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 could do one or the other right you know and that's kind of of true of a lot of the n64 stuff is that they didn't really know what humans could do yet you know so the idea of oh my god you know human beings controlling the camera and moving in three dimensions at the same time madness uh you know so that that obviously we learned that human beings can do that relatively easily. Uh, don't. And if you side note, if you want to know whether or not that's a learned skill, hand the <laughs> game that requires that type of uh, that type of control to your parents and watch the hilarity because it does it. It you know, for us, we just pick it up and start moving around in three D space. For I, I handed it off to my parents, and my mind was blown with how poorly that went. Um, no, nothing, nothing natural about it. You got to learn it, but yep. still. But still, uh, one of the things I thought that was a weird choice is the boost being mapped to the C buttons. Um, because the thing is that you, therefore, can't, in my opinion, uh, very easily or seamlessly jump and then boost, you know, because those both require the same finger, you know? Yeah. Uh, at, le- at least not as effortlessly. And And again, I can't, I am... I am too old to do the Mega Man X weird grip thing anymore. Like, it's just not... <laughs> the, the claw grip? The, the claw grip yeah, where, you, yeah. where, where you reach your index finger around and... <laughs> no, no, ain't nothing doing. Um, especially when the, the trigger buttons are unused, you know? So what, what confuses me about that is that if you 
why, why not make boost R trigger or Z? Well, I mean, you can't use Z trigger because of where your hand is. But if you made it R trigger or L trigger, right, uh, for the shoulder buttons, you know, um, that would make sense because then all you would do is just whichever direction you're pushing in, you then boost in that direction on the D-pad, right? Because those things would work independently. And you're likely to be pushing in the direction that you're trying to go in. So if you're running forward and you want to boost forward, then you'd be pushing forward. You hit the R button and you boost forward. Uh, As opposed to, um, you know, if you're trying to jump and then boost forward or jump and then boost up, you've got to switch those buttons really fast. I felt that that was not the correct choice. And I didn't see any way to remap the controller in the game. No, that's a relatively modern thing. Or in the old days, sometimes you could do that in specific genres, like in fighters. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, that actually, the fact that you can do that in like Mega Man and Super Metroid, that was fairly uncommon. Sometimes you would have the uh, like options like layout A, layout B, but I'll tell you what this button is going to do. That's pretty new. Yeah, and 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 it's also like an accessibility thing. But uh, I will say that this game did not have that, and I felt that the decisions that they made were clearly born from a very small group of people uh, who played the game a lot and cared a lot about it to the point where they internalized how to do all this sort of stuff. And then when I picked it up, I said, "Why? Why would you? Why would you do it this way?" So, and I think. The fact that you can double tap a direction to boost Mm -hmm. or use the C buttons shows they were trying to think about it, right? Because it's like, oh, well, sometimes you're going to want to jump and you're going to want to boost. But where that falls down for me is in some of the actual like lived reality. So here's an example. Um, Platforms in this game have corners that you aren't allowed to know about so even though the geometry is very simple there are platforms that i was like oh i i just clipped right on top of this even though it does not look like i should have made it up there and so i was trying to like boost awkwardly onto these platforms but they just they just let you clip onto the platform and it's fine and you don't have to do these like tricky claw grip you know double boost set an angle and and all this weirdness but then when you do need to boost, there's this one level. I, I don't, I don't remember if you, you got this far or not, but there's this one level where you have to return the King's favorite tricycle to him. And no. it's like, <laughs> it's like an auto scroller level. So there's like a wave of water coming from the left side of the screen. And so you have to ride the tricycle, right? But there's of course crap in the way, right? And so that's what you're dealing with, but she doesn't pedal the tricycle. She, she boosts. So Mm. you have to either use the C buttons and you can't jump. So it's fine to use the C buttons because if you jump, you jump off the tricycle. So you have to use the C buttons or you have to double press the arrows. But here's the weird thing. If you double press the arrows and press the C buttons, the game will actually accept those inputs faster. So in all of the levels, because there's only like two or three, in all of the levels where boosting is like a really important thing, you can just mash the arrow and the corresponding C arrow pretty Hmm. fast and go like ludicrously fast (laughs) and i don't know if they did that on purpose i don't know if that was an intended way to be successful because that level is very easy for you to go too slow so is this intentional i I don't is it a controller accommodation thing i honestly don't know Hmm. interesting uh so one of the things that that 
I want you to talk about is the lack of gating mechanics because it seems like you might have gotten burned by that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh on a recent episode you talked about like lighting me up when you're you're just like, dude, this is dumb, I hate it. And then I'll usually like calm you down and just be like, oh no, it's it's this button over here. It's in mm-hmm. the manual that I said you should m- maybe take a peek at, right? Like I will I, never ever read a manual ever. That's fair. Like, screw, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep suggesting them to you, but yeah, that's, <laughs> no, and that's also fair. No, like so, I but I feel it's a great litmus test, right? Because if you read the manual and I don't, and then I struggle with something and you don't, then then <laughs> then it, we know that, that's a great great example. Uh, okay, so then it probably means that the manual had to be read, and we we just have different philosophies on that because you're saying, <laughs> oh well it was an expectation uh, at the time that you would read the manual and i'm like yeah but we're evaluating them by today's standards where you don't read manuals and so different philosophies but yeah i'm i'm I'm, it's now become a like one of those weird things that has metastasized and now it's a part of who i am you know it's like i don't read manuals (laughs) (laughs) cronk illiterate um i uh but i i do usually get to be on the the enlightened informed side of, of mm-hmm. this interaction. Not this time, dude. Like, nope. so, um, the core mechanic of this game is the shake shake, but to do the shake shake, you have to grab stuff. And mm-hmm. this is the whole reason you were interested in this game because you were like, Oh, you basically just grab like everything. And when I say everything, I mean, and I'll, I'll try to remember to link this screenshot in the show notes, but one of the, there's like a, the ball things you can grab onto that gives you a hint, mm-hmm. miss hint. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the hints she gives you is she's like, remember the core mechanics of the game are like jumping, grabbing and throwing, try grabbing everything, even enemy fire, like their lasers and crap. So like when I say you can grab onto just about anything, like that's, that's what we're talking about. So I somehow got, most of the way through the first world and each world has like 10 levels. So I got most of the way through the first world only jumping off of platforms that I was holding onto, not throwing myself off of platforms. But then you do eventually get to a point where it is impossible, literally impossible to proceed without. No, it's actually it's in the second world. So you can get all the way through the first world, 10 whole levels in a boss fight without knowing that you have to throw yourself to jump essentially off of one of these, these midair platforms. And so once I finally sussed this out, I texted you and I was just like, Hey, uh, make sure you, you understand that you can do this. Cause otherwise like there's this one level that's literally impossible. And you were like, I know. Yeah. You're like, I was like, uh, yeah, wait, you, 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 so it was so intuitive to me that I, I looked at a video to be like, am I, am I, am I still missing something? You know, oh, you have to throw things out of it off. Of, you have to throw yourself off of stuff. It makes you go way further. I was like, I, yeah, wait, what? And then I, I was, is there a super throw that I'm missing? And no, it's just, just normal throw. Yeah. So, but, but this was critical for me because from that moment on, I saw the world in terms of things I could grab and things I could throw. I was like, I'm not even looking for things to walk and jump on anymore. This is no longer a platformer. This is a grab thrower. This is like <laughs> the whole world now exists for me to grab it and either throw it or throw myself off of it, which is, you know, a good way to think about interacting with this world. Yes. So I will say that, that so arguably, 
we, we could we, you can make the argument that there's a there is a gating mechanic and you hit it it's just two and a half levels you know two and a half stages in but that's that's you know that's that's like saying the you know oh well how do you explain all this weird stuff and and the answer is oh well it's all in the kids imaginations and it's like yeah, yeah i mean well and, well, and great. this hint does granted she is optional but miss hint does flat out say this is how you have to interact with the world but that's not a gating mechanic that's an instruction manual Right. Um, I will say that they, the way I think that they offset that problem, again, not, not a gating mechanic, so it's not a, a hard stop, right, um, is uh, their use of breadcrumbing, you know? So a lot of the places where, you know, because they put all those little diamonds around, if you're going to really get most of those, you've got to learn the throw mechanic pretty early, you know? Um, again, also, the, it, the dash jump, which is mm-hmm. almost never game critical but is like bonus collecting critical kind of weird right. yeah so i mean basically you know they, they they put all these breadcrumbs around in the form of the the diamonds and say hey go go get these and then if, in order to get those you have to master certain skills but to your point right is that you can just skip all that you know um so yeah so i do th- think that this th- this is all these are all different ways of saying what i think is the largest problem with this game which is the level design I I feel like the level design is maybe only second to the weird difficulty spikes, but the level design is where the game started to fall apart for me entirely mm. because I was like, oh, this mechanic is super interesting and ah, these, these graphics are kind of weird and dated and I don't care for them, but like, what an interesting way to interact with the world. But then the fact that I was able to go through the entire first level and a couple or the first world and like a stage or two of the second world without a core game mechanic. I was just like, no, like what? And, th- and this problem <laughs> continues throughout the back half of the game. Cause there's only five worlds. It's not terribly long is you'll get thrown into a situation where they have done nothing to prepare you. It's like, Oh, here's moving platforms. And if you fall, you fall into lava. And it's like, that's how you're introducing me to moving platforms. Like there's been zero moving platforms. And the first time I'm exposed to them, there's enemies dropping down from the top and lava underneath. Like that's those stakes are too high. um yes so so they definitely do kind of throw you into the deep end but one of the things that they do i think to offset that again so so i it's interesting because i'm not i i am not arguing that they do these things i I, but like (laughs) for me a lot of these edges were rounded off because of some of the other things they did it's it's fascinating i i this is a little tangential but i had a conversation with somebody at one point where we were talking about um star wars episode one of the new ones i forget which one um i think it was episode eight uh but uh you know where i said oh i liked it and they said oh i didn't and we went through and we actually 100 percent agreed on every single thing that the episode did it's just the things that it did poorly every time she's like well it did this thing poorly i was like yeah i, I agree but i don't really care about that i think it did this thing well and then she said oh i agree but i don't really care about that right so it's kind of it's kind of that so um one of the things that this game did right, I feel, for the the, the amount that I, I played it, was um, that there are no lives. Everything is life, right? Mm. So if you fall into a pit, it just takes a little bit of life and it kicks you back a little bit, you know? So it's not like that all of a sudden you get thrown into the deep end, like in, in Prince of Persia, let's just say the original, <laughs> for, right? For example. For example, where all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to check out this new thing. Oh, no, wait, I'm dead and kicked back to the beginning of the game, you know, because I've got one life, right? You know, so 
Um, so yeah, so there were definitely times where I, I was suddenly overwhelmed by a thing, but then I was like, oh, okay, that's what you wanted me to do. And then I was kicked back 10 seconds, you know, and lost a little bit of life. And the amount of life that you get, at least towards the beginning, because I didn't make it to the end, but towards the beginning is plentiful, you know? So realistically, there is some punishment for uh for for making a mistake but this actually to me had a feel of a more modern game where the challenge was just the challenge you know once it it wasn't punishing in the sense of where it's like oh if you mess this up three times now we're going to kick you back to however far right It, it was more so like yeah you know the thing that's stopping your forward progress is your ability to get past the thing not your ability to manage your health or your lives as well you know so so this is I I agree with you. And this is where I think you can see the relative inexperience or the the tight schedule or whatever it was that forced them to make the decisions that they made or that led them to choosing to make the decisions they made is because 85% of the game, I would say what you just said is absolutely correct. And it's like, oh, okay, so... You know, I fell in lava, but I don't get thrown back to the title screen. I just have to, you know, bamf back over here and then deal with this again. Up to and including two critical things. One, all the levels are very short. And two, there are actually little secret checkpoints in most of the levels, even though they're very short. So in the fall into the lava level, in the giant wave of water chasing you level, yeah, I died like a bajillion times. Died like a bajillion times, but then you just start back and the cycle time is wicked fast, right? Like you, you know, one of the nice things about being a cartridge game is it's not a spinning disc. So like you fall into lava and bam, back on the platform, like super, super fast. Yeah. Surprisingly, I liked that. They did the thing I like. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Um, They then couple that with, if you do run all the way out of life, because you can have up to, I think three full bars. It's like a full Mm -hmm. bar plus two gems full of Mm -hmm. health. Um, but if you completely run out of life uh, and you can, there's life drops all over the place. But if you, if you die, die, um, you go to the continue screen and you can either spend, I think 10, it's like 10 or 30 gems to continue. Then like 60 gems to continue with um, one extra health bar. And then like a hundred gems to continue with the, the fullest amount of health you can have, um, which is, nice in like the boss levels where it's like oh god please don't make me go back and replay earlier levels to like fill up my health again so i mean you still can go bankrupt essentially but you you have this extra like buffer my problem like where that doesn't hold up is some of the later boss fights if you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time you can get stun locked and lose like a bar and a half of health Mm. i mean just get absolutely eradicated and there's nothing else in the game that prepares you for that so like you're playing the whole game you're never trying to avoid being stunlocked i don't think players should ever bosses yes players should not be able to be stunlocked it's not fun i can't imagine circumstances under which being stunlocked would be like oh what a fun and interesting challenge this is (laughs) so to suddenly be in a boss fight that's multiple phases long and like the third phase stunlocks you and you die and then you have to start the boss fight over like it's like how how did you give me all these checkpoints and all this life and and these little baby challenges and then just throw me into the lava of this boss fight and expect me to be prepared 
Not that I couldn't eventually overcome the challenge, but I'm overcoming it. You, the game, did not do anything to prepare me to overcome this challenge. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, you did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, well, I beat and, the game. I did eventually beat the game. Yeah. And and so I think that this definitely comes from the era of, it, it, again, it's, it's, it's a really fascinating era of video games, right? Because they're starting to experiment with, you know, all of this new new ideas, new things, like the, the consoles have been around for long enough that they're starting to break from some of the really crystallized uh, dogma of, um, of coin ops, right? So I think that this kind of, like, they, they had the idea, what, what, if, what if the challenge and the fun thing was just getting past the thing, right? You know, what, what if it was just that? You know, and, and you could just have a game where you could just go, go through, do the thing, and beat it. And then somebody said, I mean, well, if everyone beats our game, then 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 no one's going to want to play it. So let's let's make ninety percent of the game that, but then let's still make it really hard to beat the game. You know, and we played a couple of games like that where where the main note has been it was fine up until the very last boss fight, and then all of a sudden it becomes a complete devolving <laughs> nightmare. Um, one of the things that this game did this is actually another control note that I, I forgot to mention before. Uh, so there's a number of times when you have to uh carry something and when you uh uh when you pick something up uh you don't you you just press the button once and you pick it up you don't have to hold the button down to continue hold it and i said oh my god they did the thing i've wanted you know <laughs> like like make, make the good the behavior is be- the default behavior right yeah and i was like so when i noticed that i just i had to call it out because i've been whining about this for literally years you know so i was like oh my god they did the thing i wanted thank you thank you very much i appreciate that um i i I do think also too that uh so we mentioned the fact that grabbing things you know is, is obviously the core mechanic uh they're real generous with what how close you have to be when you grab a thing which i appreciated yeah yeah they're actually so generous that um did you get to the festival the sports festival no i i got to the beginning of world three okay so you were actually right right before it so there's a sports festival because it's an anime so there has to be a sports festival sure um one of the things in the sports festival is a math competition where they put like simple arithmetic problems on screen and there's a bunch of numbers and you have to jump and grab the numbers the digits that will make mm-hmm. the answer to the math problem and they are somewhat tightly packed. <laughs> and so you actually, that's like the one time in the game you have to be careful when you press the grab button. Otherwise you will grab the wrong number. So I was like, oh, this is, they're really, really generous about this grab mechanic all the time, which I love. And they absolutely made the right decision. And then in this one place, they were like, <laughs> but, but here we're going to pack a bunch of stuff in tight. Thankfully, the stakes could not be lower, but right. it's still just like, guys, you're so, so close to nailing it why, why, why'd you why'd you shoot yourself like, in the foot this, like I, I this was avoidable write, yeah i wanted to write 100 at the top of your paper but i i gotta write like 98 yeah but no I, I did think that you know there was never a time when i missed a grab and i was like ah oh, i should have gotten that there were quite a few times when i got a grab where i was like okay <laughs> but you know that's that's the emotion you want right where you're like oh well that 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 shouldn't happen but whatever i'm happy because i got i got what i wanted as opposed to no this game's cheating um and yeah and so so basically that's that's kind of outside of a couple of other throwaway notes the 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 main theming of a lot of my stuff here is that with the sheer amount of health that you have and then when you make a mistake how 
little it pushes you back. Um, it did kind of have a a very, and I know I bring this up all the time, but very Celeste-like feel in the sense of, you know, making mistakes was not very highly punished. Uh, bummer that they that they decided to undo that and at the very end, but... Um, I, so yeah, I the, the thing about the bosses, because the, the last world has three back-to-back bosses, and the third to last boss is actually far and away the one I had the most trouble with. Um, the one thing I will say is, I, I'll admit, I actually had to look up what to do because there's so much <gasps> crap. There's so much crap. Shut up. There's so much crap <laughs> flying around on screen that I was just like, I don't, I'm not in the headspace to experiment with this. Like I could, I knew. I have a very small set of tools, which I love. I love that you have a very small set of tools and those tools solve all problems, right? It's like, it's very, very Mario, right? Yes. You know, where it's like, I, I, I throw my hat at the thing. Yes. Trying to explain to my daughter how to play Super Mario Odyssey. I was like, you can jump, you can throw the hat. If you encounter a problem and you have not tried one of those two solutions, you have not tried everything because right. those two tools solve basically every problem. The, the grab and the throw and the shake shake solve basically all of your problems in this game with some of the final bosses. You are under enough duress because you can be stun locked and die that experimenting just becomes boorish, right? So it's not that the tools don't work. It's just, it stops being like as engaging. And mm-hmm. once I knew what to do, I was like, oh, okay. I just need you to try and grab this thing at this time. No big deal. And then, then I was able to go through it. But um, two two things I want to make sure I don't forget to mention, just because they're, I think they're critical to understanding the flavor that this game is going for. Is uh, one thing is when you create a save file, it asks you for your age and your gender. And I don't know why, um, but it also has like time played, but that mm. is total time played because each stage they rank how quickly you finish the stage but i noticed when you pause this game the timer doesn't stop that is correct because what you're seeing is the total time played which significantly is measured in days and then hours minutes and seconds so when you load a save file it's like lions male 36 X number of days, X number of hours, X number of minutes, X number of seconds. And I was just like, huh, huh, that's, that's weird. Like, but it's such a deliberate choice, right? Someone said, we are trying to build a game where they will play for what will amount to multiple days of playtime. And we are going to represent that in their save file. So it was just like, that's, it's not good or bad, but it's a super yeah. deliberate choice, right? Just like putting faces on everything, super deliberate choice. The other thing is, um, do you know how the gold gems work? Because this is fascinating. No. I mean, I thought, wait, the gold gem doesn't just give you like a ton of life or am I thinking something else? So it does give you a ton of life. Um, okay. So there's there's red gems, which are money. There's mm-hmm. blue gems, which are health. There's green gems, which are more health. But then there's gold gems. The go- I swear to God, I'm not making this up. The gold gems, there's, I think, one in every level. And mm-hmm. there's different, some of them are just laying around and you can just find them. Some of them, it's like, oh, you actually have to beat the whole boss without taking a single hit. And that's how you earn the gold gem for that stage. When you beat the game, 
the closing cinematic starts, and in the top left corner, there is a timer that is populated by gold gems. And that timer just starts ticking down. And when it reaches zero, the closing cinematic ends, even if somebody is in the middle of a damn sentence. Mm. So the amount of the ending, it's not like there's the bad ending and the good ending or the bad ending, the good ending and the secret ending. There's one ending, but literally the amount of it you get to see is directly tied to your mastery of the game, which is exploration and controls mastery because of what you have to do with the bosses. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to feel about this. Like <laughs> to say that seeing the entire ending essentially requires not just hundred percenting the game through gritting your teeth and putting up with it, but sheer and un, un, unarguable mastery, right? You have to beat all of the bosses without taking a single hit. I was like, that's brutal. That's yeah. super brutal. That's like, if the only way you could see the closing cinematic for Celeste was if you got all of the strawberries in all of the B, C and D sides, like, right, dude, too much. Like it's for this ridiculous shake, shake, colorful anime looking game to say like, Oh, you want to see the ending? Earn it. Yeah. Like, whoa. (laughs) And, and you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating because it, again, like this game shows a lot of experimentation, right? You know, because it's, it's a thing. It's not necessarily a, bad idea in in and of itself you know especially if you know and and i don't know if this is the case because i I did not get to the ending uh and and also too it is worth noting that this is this game came out in the time before youtube because now it would just be like just go online like right you know (laughs) um it wouldn't work anymore um but it would be interesting if the way they tiered it instead was like let's say that there's the you know bad ending good ending and secret ending if they just use that exact same thing but you know it's like okay well here's here's the normal ending and everybody holds hands and 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 sings a happy song but then somebody runs in from off screen with new information you know like so kind of like the scene feels like it's going to end but if you if you can watch it longer you can see that there's more cool stuff to it but yeah it is just weird that just kind of cuts off you know yeah yeah and i mean literally the the counter is sitting in the top of the screen so you as the player now inextricably associate these two things right like if you didn't understand why they were valuable before now you know but Mm. then to just watch it fade to black while to because this is also uh the one part of the game where you can't advance the dialogue at your own pace because of course because then you could now screw everything up (laughs) right exactly so (laughs) to literally have it fade to black in the middle of two characters talking to each other and it's just like ah i guess okay i guess i'm done (laughs) that's it and and the thing is dude i did finish the game but if there's actually a gold gem in every single level including the boss fights that would mean there's like 52 gold gems and i had seven 48 (laughs) it looks like wait yeah no there's 52 yeah sorry i got i got got the thing up yeah and 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 i had seven so i saw like a tiny little sliver of the ending yeah yeah wow that's yeah. that's wild it's super uh, wild right it's like because when i finished the game i was like aha i did it and then it you know fades to black in the middle of these two people talking to each other and i was like what wait, what wait, <laughs> what the what, hell what, just happened which i mean again you know it's great great for replay value you know but but then uh, unlike in in celeste right where it's just kind of like okay well you know you 
one is then don't have that weird difficulty spike at the end if you're going for that type of replay because it's like the game playing the game from start to finish can be the easiest thing in the world because if you're what you're going for is mastery then they will go back and replay those levels you know um yeah it's just again fish with likes kind of a thing but uh uh you ready to to ask the ask the question so i meant to say this at the top of the show and i just completely forgot um usually in my notes because i have like a template notes document um I, i i block all my notes out into the different sections and then i flag uh what my ranking is and i usually put like a bullet point or two about like why i settled on that ranking and mm-hmm. we've had episodes where i'm like i don't know i'm kind of on the fence or like something you say changes my mind or we have some interesting revelation that changes my mind um going into this i was very aware of the fact that i was like i don't know how i feel <laughs> about this game and i really hope by the end of the episode one of us has said something to give me like a firm position to stand behind and now that we're here, I still don't know how I feel about this game. And that's weird. This is a weird game that I have yeah. a weird like experience of and feelings about. Like I'm glad we played it, but there were a couple times where like I cursed so loud that like my wife was afraid I woke up our kids and I probably did, right? And like and then there were other times where it was just like, "Oh, this is fun and interesting." And like, "Oh man, this is I I you know, I'm tempted to find like an emulated version of this so I could use like all the crazy like texture upscalers that make everything look smooth and nice, right? And like kind of modernize it a little bit. Like one thing I know for sure is I didn't care for the level design in this and I didn't care for the difficulty spikes in this. I want someone to take this fairly interesting and surprisingly well executed mechanic and like make a better game. Like <laughs> I just remake this game, right? Don't pretend this is a new original thing. Like just remake this game with more thoughtful level design, a smoother difficulty curve or better gating mechanics, right? Like I I just, I'm fascinated enough by this that I want more of it, but I'm also kind of like, okay, I'm done. We played it. So I'm going to settle on a nostalgia monocle of like, I guess like I enjoyed parts of it. There's a lot you could learn from this game. It's definitely a weird art piece, but I couldn't confidently say you only enjoyed this game. If you have fond memories. And I also can't confidently say this game is a dumpster fire. No one should play it because it tries so many interesting things in the art direction and in the the core game mechanics that I'm just, ah, nostalgia monocle i guess right it's like it's like my doctor saying like you know oh you know what's better a or b like testing my vision and i'm like well i can't see well enough to go without goggles but i definitely don't need (laughs) goggles can i just take the monocle for like when the print is really small like yeah just take this monocle so i'm like okay i guess i have a nostalgia monocle now and that's fair that's fair i I can definitely see that um for me i'd say no nostalgia goggles required damn Um, this almost never goes in this direction (laughs) because normally i'm more of like the 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 salty thing but uh here's why though i think it's because i i i found that 
I I don't know whether I can say like more or less than you, but I, I I personally really enjoy novelty, you know, and this game is that, right? You know, uh, it does a lot of dumb stuff, but uh, it was genuinely <laughs> enjoyable to play. I there there are definitely some of the games that we've played where Megan will say, "Are you going to play that game?" I'm like, "Yeah, I will eventually. Leave me alone about it," you know, because like, I, <laughs> I don't want to, right? As I'm like, I have to go play this game. Uh, you know, because uh, we, we we're gonna make an episode about it, right? Uh, but um, but for this one, every time I picked it up, I'm like, this is just genuinely enjoyable. It was uh, um, it wasn't perfect, but it, as far as you know, normally when we talk about this, is I, I I'd say like, who who would I recommend this game to? And I'd say like, well, I'd recommend it with this caveat or with this maybe for this edge group of people or something like that. Honestly, if somebody said, you know, hey, I'm looking for a, a weird platform, I'd be like, hey, you want a weird platformer? Try Mischief Makers. It's 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 fun. It's weird. Is it the best thing in the world? No. Um, but uh, but you know, if if somebody said, you know, would you recommend this? I would bob my head up and down and say, shake, shake. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while You gotta think back much less On how you saved the day Then on all 